G'day guys, just a quick intro before we start the episode. Uh, just want to make sure people that are listening um, know that we have a Facebook group now. Um, just look up Give Us A Spell podcast on Facebook, um, jump in the group, I'll approve you in there and pretty much we're talking all things racing, putting in some tips and there's some sporting bets in there for the basketball and stuff if you like that and then obviously there's going to be a bit of chat come footy season, um, any footy bets people like or footy tipping and all that sort of gear as well but there's plenty of horses being tipped inside the group yesterday Wednesday uh, one of the boys in there actually tipped something at 70 to 1 which saluted didn't get on myself disappointing uh, but yeah there's some good ones getting jumped in there so there's a couple hundred of us in there at the moment so jump in I'll get you in there um, but yeah enjoy the show here is our Randwick episode <laughs> All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. A bit different this week. Um, I'm sitting at my house watching a bit of uh, Married at First Sight in the background. This time last week, though, Tom and Kohai, both at my house, both getting a um, bit of a t-shirt tan for Tommy and a bit of a sunburn for myself just in the pool, and we were shooting the shit, watching a bit of tennis, doing the podcast on the couch. This week, uh, we welcoming Gab as well, who's... Uh, who came in the other couple of weeks ago, um, part owner of Steely, so he's joining us tonight. Tommy has COVID. Kohai is fine and at the pub. Gab's recently unemployed. And we also, the boys obviously had a big weekend in Melbourne. Um, they're big, they went to all the tennis, they went to the big bash, they went to the races, they went to the casino. And long and behold, Kohai is fine. Um, please explain, King. I don't know what there is to explain. I mean, I think I, I purely thank my diet. Um, it's just purely alcohol and dairies, and I think it's just a flawless. Uh, I've been advocating smoking for years, and I think just it, it defeated COVID. How was the tennis? Unreal. Like, I mean, I'm all tennis out now. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Tommy probably agrees with me, but like going into that party, like the Saturday night off the back of the valley. Um, we got there about half hour before the first serve and you, you can just feel the atmosphere, you know, it was bubbling away. It was, it was great to be there. And the first set was, you know, just, she smashed it essentially. And then the second set, that comeback was unbelievable. Unreal, yeah. And then just to be followed up by the Kyrgios, the Aussie, Aussie doubles, you know, all Aussie final. Like, yeah. It was unbelievable. And then the frost, and then you know, just as you think that you know, the Saturday that went for about five hours, I reckon, for the two matches. We get there on the we we get there on the Sunday, and you just go, all right, here we go again. Like I mean, this has no got five sets in it. Yeah, no, I mean, we didn't we didn't think it had five sets in it, but you know, like especially, I felt a little bit deflated after Nadal went to zip against Medvedev. And then, holy fuck, yeah. didn't that place just absolutely erupt? It was just, it, you can't really put words to what, I mean, the broadcast would have been fantastic. I have no doubt about it. But just being there in person, being in an absolute marathon of a fucking five-setter that went, you know, close to five and a half hours, Unbelievable. It was super noticeable on telly how much like booze there was from Medvedev. He'd do a serve, we'd boo him, we'd laugh and whatever, and everyone was cheering Rafa. Was it the same there or even more so? It was kind of like um, it, it's similar. Like I'd say the it was heaps more serious when it came to like the body Kyrgios match was far more kind of relaxed almost that feel. And then – it just totally out of the water. It was just far more tense when it came to the men's. That's right. what I felt. Right. Um, how are you feeling, Thomas? You tested positive for COVID this morning, or Savo? Yeah, mate. Um, it's yeah. It was a big weekend. Another week of holidays <laughs> planned, and now I'm uh, you know, trapped at home for seven days. But um, me so happy to go out like yeah to go out like that though was pretty good to see some pretty good tennis. Um, as Kelly was saying, as soon as Medvedev yelled at the ball boy, everyone was just against him even more. And just every time Rafa would score a point, the crowd would go nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, halfway through that second set, Kelly and I were sort of planning on what pubs we could make uh, before, like before they closed. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we I think we got to um, to the casino until about twelve, uh, about two thirty, three a.m. After walking back and. 
Yeah, it was a good weekend. Bit uh, paying for it a bit now, but it's um, worth it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a really good weekend. But I, I don't know about Kelly's diet and that because I followed it in into a servo sausage roll afterwards, and <laughs> I still think that might have been the cause of the COVID. Yeah, I don't know how he he had a uh, little traveller pie, a meat meat lovers traveller pie, and he pulled up sweet. But um, I'm still tasting that sausage roll. <laughs> and um and Gab joins us. So anyone that doesn't remember Gab, he was a um sport teacher or primary at a primary school or whatever. Obviously, shortage of teachers at the moment, and they went to chuck him back in the classroom to I'm I'm going to assume me maybe year six to teach. Uh, it didn't last long, did it, mate? You threw in the towel and you're doing a couple of side projects now. Yeah, Zach. Um, calling early retirement on teaching. Um, <laughs> nah. No, I just got a few side projects on the on the go at the moment. I need to dedicate a bit more time. Got a property I'm renovating. Got all kinds of all kinds of things. Doing doing a bit of work. Doing some videos. You know, I do those um do a bit of videos for the sales, the yep. um, thoroughbred sales. So it's sales season, so it gets busy again. Got to get these videos done for clients. And um, yeah, so busy time of the year. Even though I'm on the you know picking. Days at work, or days of teaching <laughs> here and there, but I'm just completely flat out. Um, but you know, it's life. I guess you got to all you got is time. And it's all about managing time. But I don't think this podcast is about talking about my time. Ah, uh, mate. Well, it's um, if it, if it all goes to according to plan, mate, you can buy some more horses. So you've done pretty well oh, in the wait, past. That's the plan. Um, that's the plan. The plan is now tonight to go through the Ramwick card. As per normal, we normally go to Tom for his first comments, but I'm just going to get a couple of comments once we've sort of wrapped up each race, see, see if he disagrees or anything with us. Uh, Steely is running. Um, we have to wait until the last for Steely. Anyone doesn't remember, we were all chips in. So excited for the Villiers, but we'll fucking get to there. I'm still still reeling on that. I'm sure I'm sure even you more so. Um, but we'll get too to... Soon, too soon, <laughs> Too soon. We'll get back to um. We'll get to race ten soon, but let's have a little. Let's go into it. Let's go um. Race number one at little thousand meter dash. These are my jam. I love a good little sprint. Uh, J Mac on the favourite for a change. Um, up top for Annabelle, Lady Laguna. That's into three ten. We got Plimstock, Timmy Clark. We got Spacewalk. I know a couple of tipsters have already uh put that forward. Deep expectations there. That's been backed. It's already like eleven bucks into seven fifty, and then a couple more uh out uh, bigger odds. Um. Also, side note, Jamie Carr has made the trip up here to try and steal the English Millennium, but she's also got a bunch of rides throughout the day as well. She's on Tregara for the Freedmans in the first. Uh, Gab, had a little look here, 1,000 metre dash. I actually really like this first race. Normally, I don't get warmed up till a bit later on in the car, but geez, I love this race. Um, first look, I saw Lady Laguna. That was a dominant win last time, and I remember watching that race. But um, I kind of lean in towards Plimstock, um, just off the last off the last run and just really knuckled down. Like you see, horses get headed around the turn or get headed up the straight. Normally they're in their own right to kind of lie down. But that was a good run. It kind of lifted, sprouted wings in the last fifty, hundred meters. I think it's um, I, I rate horses that can do that. I've got. You know, if you can, you know, get headed and come back and then go another gear, I think you've got something special in the tank that's waiting to come out. So excited to see the return of Plimstock. I don't know where you get five bucks about it, second favourite, I think. Um, but I'll be leaning towards Plimstock with, you know, you know, all these two-year-olds. You never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, excited to see Plimstock return. Interesting. Plimstock, I think, got the best of deep expectation last start and deep expectation is one that's been backed. So, Coey, thoughts? Tricky little race. I mean, it's nice little two-year-old to start the start the cards, and you know, it's. I'm kind of leaning towards Gab as well. Like, I mean, Lady Laguna. I think in my eyes is a little bit touch under. I think it's kind of the Nisham McDonald kind of unders price that you're going to get. Uh, I can understand the space walk money six bucks at the moment, and who the hell knows it might absolutely firm. But yeah, Plimstock at five bucks, headed wins. Clark from a low draw, I'd have to think that it settles a bit more forward. It's just about settling. And, I mean, the rail being true this week, providing there's not too much more rain coming, I don't see any bias. I think it'll be a really fair track, and it'll be refreshing to see with Rose Hill being a little bit leader. Rail rail was absolutely hot. The last two meetings, yeah. I I think it maps – yeah, I think it'll just play really well in its favour. And 
I mean, there's a couple of nice trialers within the field, but I just think the uh, the ones with the run next to their names, rightfully favouritism. And, yeah, Plimstock for five bucks. Don't mind that at all. Plimstock fires. Um, Coy did mention Spacewalk. That ran okay, I guess, last when it ran in that... Um whatever the fuck it was when it ran against the Jardin. Um, Tommy, anything to add? You can always just say no, move on, but what do you got, mate? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a good stat. You know, I love my stats, mate. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Davo. Seven out of 11. Uh, seven out of the last 11 of this race, I think, were run by Godolphin, the Daly Plate. So um, that's that's a good start, including Bivouac. So I think um, I'm going to lead towards Spacewalk, the one that had to run um, in the Breeders and then the sort of, they, those Godolphins are known for having a bit of a spell and then coming back a lot stronger and uh, starting to stake their case for their um, the slipper chances. So I'll go with Spacewalk there. The, the other two, I would just say, at longer odds that could be a um, chance for a knockout. Bez Marty ran really well, really green, though, first up two weeks ago in Queensland uh, for Annabelle, Chad Schofield on. And the Freedmans, they talked up Queen of the Ball last week, but they were even keener on Tregara. So... The, Talking up Queen of the Ball and the Queen of the Ball, I know there was a bias last week, but it ran really well. And then Tregara, um, they even had a bigger wrap on. So I'm, I'm keen to take maybe Tregara each way as well. Jamie Carr in the first. Can I, can I also state that Timmy Clark's won the last two years as well on this race. So not a bad not, not a bad start for our TC to get the job done in the first. <laughs> All right. Well, Gavin, Gavin, <laughs> Coey, Plimstock, Tommy and me, Spacewalk. Um, good often to get it done. Fingers crossed. Um, highways, fucking can never get them, but let's have a go. Um, uh, participator, 9.50 into 5.50. Good coin already. Donnelly and Hugh Bowman. Uh, barrier 10, interesting. Her head start, J-Mac. Some J-Mac money, obviously. Barrier 17, that's the uh, second fave. Casino Lord. No jock there, but um, look, it's named after nearly probably all three of us by Gav or for us. Uh, Billabong Isle. 850 or Anathol. Look, I don't think Tommy's like that a few times. And there's a bunch there. Shelby 66. That ran around fucking Sapphire Coast the other week. Fuck all last week. Should have won. Um, but look, it's a huge. There's a lot of horses here. <laughs> there's a lot nommed for this race. Um, Coey, Highway. This is real tricky. And yeah. you know what? Like, I, I have utmost respect for Tim Donnelly. He doesn't bring too many up the highways. So his success rate's pretty decent when it comes up to when he comes up to Sydney. Uh, but saying that, I don't know, I've got a few question marks about the horse. I think it is a little bit untried. And to be 550 in this wide open market, like, I mean, I'm willing to gamble. Uh, head start, seven bucks, should be way more from barrier 17 in my eyes. I know it's it goes well up in town as well, but 17, even if with a couple of scratchings out, still going to be really, really wide. I'm willing to take a chance on couple of runners here at odds uh let's start with commando hunt commando hunt i know it doesn't have a really strong first up form but you know when it comes to it's drawn well and i think this really really helps check out the last Musclebrook trial little to no work it's fit as a fiddle i think it'll it'll run well and last start uh way back in october it ran in dub i think it might have been the dubbo Cup meeting. I'm not 100% sure, but it ran really, really well. I know it was a odds on and it got headed out by literally a nose, but I'm willing to give it another chance at 18 bucks. And the other one is a little bit down the field, semi collipidon on Markwell Dreamer. Uh, drawn one, uh, handles the conditions well, distance perfect. It's had six starts, two wins, two placings, uh, one for one in the track, dis- track and distance. I think the fact that it's drawn one, it usually sits a little bit off speed, but it is a bit more positive. I, I give it a right old red, red hot go at 17 bucks, five bucks a place, even. So, yeah, those two for mine. Commando Honey is one I actually put up on the page, the Savo. I had a chat with um, Brad earlier just about some stuff, and he was tipping it. And he said, Look, I'm, I'm all for it. He gave it a few pointers, and that was 26 and seven, the Savo, when we did it. So, yeah, it's come in. A, Come in a fair bit, but you're still getting $6 a place. Fucking hell. So 18 and 6. Gabrielle, you got anything for me, mate? Uh, like, I did like the way Participator ran last time. Ran like a like a good horse. Like it, you know, ran a big pack. Cruised through. Cruised through. Found a spot. Accelerated when needed to. And kind of, when trying to find a horse in these big fields, you kind of want to take the chance out of and find horses that can do that. Um, Participator, I... Oh, 
I like it. I don't know if that price is right, as like as mentioned before. I think it's a bit of a wait and watch. Um, you never know what's going to happen in the last two hours of betting. It could blow out. It could sharpen up. It did open at 9.50, yeah. So there's been a bit of quiet yeah, so, yeah, so either that money dries up and it, the market corrects. Uh, if money keeps coming, something could be on. So, um, And also, I also had something on smaller Markwell Dreamer as well. Um, yeah, all, all reasons stated before, I'm not going to repeat it, but yeah, they were the two I um, had. Um, nothing more. Just, if I kept looking, I'd confuse myself. So, <laughs> All right, those two. Um, Tommy, anything Anathol? Um, yeah, I'll get to Anathol in a sec. I'll be quick, but um, Participator was the one, you remember, that it, um, it came to town and it was backed off the map and then they scratched it just before the yard because it got so hot in the lead up. It hurt its leg after kicking the gate and that was its first run to town and then they've spelled it and now they've come back. So I have no doubt that the Donnelly yard will have it ripping and raring to go this time because they don't want to come all the way from Wagga and happen it again. And as you said, Zach, 950 into 550, like they are definitely thinking it can go really well and probably head towards the country champs after that. Just a quick couple other things. I think um, there's, I think, seven dual noms in this race. So uh, we could get a completely different race by Saturday. Uh, and one that if it gets a run and if um, Collett is on it is Title Rush. I just know Cav, um, big fan of Collett, and if you can get him like we've seen on It's Me and a few others, um, there's been a bit of backing for it. So I just think Cav might have one there. It's the um, fourth emergency. But if it gets a run and they do come to town, I think it might be one. Uh, can't knock Anathol either. It's just got a bit of a bad gate. And Tessasol, Tess Data Silence. Um, Luke, I think it's Luke Clark, the trainer. He's he's won a highway. He's only got like a couple of horses, a real hobby trainer, but undefeated first up, does really well with his horses. So I, I it's it's a bit of a chance as well. And could mention Golden Point and a couple others. But yeah, um, really, really strong highway. And we've seen a few of these horses go towards country championships and the like. All right, yeah, look, fuck, it looks tough. But like Tommy said, bunch of bunch of dual norms. The race could look fucking completely different come Saturday. Uh, midways, these are bloody hard to pick. It's obviously over the mile. Benchmark seventy two. French Emperor has been backed pretty solidly. Chad Schofield, David Payne, four sixty into threes. Tycoon Halley, a little bit of a drift. Brad Whitup, Lennon. Uh, I heard a couple of things about this horse as well today. Um, Williams is claiming two for Les. Had a little win at Newcastle last start. So we've got pecuniary interest at 10s and we go out double figures and stuff. I know that um, Brad Davidson, I saw him put out something when markets first opened for Ice Crusher and it got packed pretty quick. So, uh, Gab, thoughts? Tricky race. I'm liking pecuniary interest at the odds. Um, jumped up to listed grade, I believe, last race and then um, just kind of found, a bit found out and out of class. Um, the horses that he was around when he was finishing, they're pretty classy as well. Um, gets back, back in grade, gets the claim. I like it. I like the odds. I like the horse. Um, like the barrier? Marks of, uh, you know, the barrier's a barrier. I think, you know, I think a few of these will move. Oh, you know, the barrier's, I guess, why you get the odds as well. It all leads in. Like Lennon. Lennon, I think race map plays important to Lennon. I think, you know, he'll be running on and, but yeah, needs, could have, need a, need a little bit go his way. And, and Canyonero, strange horse, it does this thing, but it bobs up and runs well. That's true. When it's at odds. I, I don't know why. I remember it running really well against Steely, one race. And it's never been a horse of bat. And I just looked at him, what's going on? This man, Steely's. You know, Canyonera, but you know, Canyonera can run well on his day. So, gate three, Robbie Dolan, I'd be keeping my eye on it, maybe having something small in it because, um, yeah. Can pick up. Can pop up. Can pop up. Coey, you with any? Uh, I, I like two. Uh, I can definitely make a case for both Lennon and Ice Crusher. They both come out of the same same race, I think, to be absolutely honest. Lennon and, no, sorry, Lennon and Tycoon ha- Haley come out of the same race. And, if I were to take one or the other, I'd probably be looking at Tyken Halley or Haley, whatever it is. 650, uh, doesn't get penalised coming behind Lennon last start. I know that Lennon gets the two kilo claimer of Chris Williams on board at 54 kilos, but 53 with Jay Ford, an experienced, you know, city class provincial jockey. That's a big, big tick of mine. Drawn well 
from barrier five. So that's a big ticket of mine. And Ice Crusher, I could definitely make a case for as well. Uh, handles all conditions. I think I liked its first up run over the 1400. I think it will progress from that. Trajection won on that occasion. And this week, it's, I know it's got the claimer of Tyler Schiller, but it'll be still carrying 59 kilos. It's got little to no support. I just think that Ice Crusher from a decent enough gate, I think seven's, seven's ideal probably. Uh, speed map-wise, it's very, very, very tricky. I think there'll be – it'll just be a battle of tactics. I think a lot of these horses are kind of off-speed to back mark. So it's a matter of who utilises their barriers or who decides to be positive more. But I don't mind backing both of them at a decent price. So Ice Crusher at 11 bucks, and what was the other one? Tycoon Haley, Haley at six fifty. I think they're both plays. Okay. Uh, Thomas, anything to add? Shit race, favourite wind. <laughs> All right, French Emperor. Uh, I'll have a couple of bucks on Lennon. It is pretty shit race. Uh Race four, 1,000 metres, love these. Malkovich, $3, little bit of a drift. Callus, this is something I don't mind. Um, was 4.20 a bit earlier, it's now 4 bucks. Uh, it's obviously been a, a Melbourne horse. Last start was pretty tough in that group one where home affairs was fucking amazing. Um, but it did come out and win that. Uh, the group two, uh, it was fucking good. I like it. Wisdom of Waters there at 6 bucks. Jamie Carr and Annabelle Nation. Sky Command was outstanding the other night. Um at Canterbury, we did take um, forty-two grand bet on that actually, and it saluted Shadow Crush at sevens, Animate uh, J Mac at twelves. You've got to keep an eye on that. And Tommy Berry, he's on the roughy of the race, but there's only seven of them or six or whatever it is um, at fourteens. Coey, what do you reckon? Thousand meter dash. It's a proper. It's just going to be who jumps the best. I think <laughs> genuinely, like I think no, normally I'd be totally deterred by sixty-two and a half. Malkovich is coming. Carrying, but at the same time, I mean, that thing leads for fun. It's all it does. It leads for fun, and I have no doubt that it's going to be exactly the same. Whether you want to take $3 is probably my question mark. I think that is slightly unders. I mean, it comes out of the – it comes out of good form races, really. Oxley Road down to Caulfield, Halverson down to Flemington, and then it was in that um, – the Warra com- coming behind 11-11. So I think it's decent – you know, formalised to be following. First up record, I mean, it's four starts, three three placings. So depends what you want to make of it. I think three bucks is a bit short of mine. I do like Callis, though, I really do. I think genuinely when it won down at um, Flemington in that group two, I think it was the Dane, Dane Hill. I want to say it's the Dane Hill Stakes. I can't remember. Uh, lap full of horse. Yeah, it was. Just... You know, like 200 metres out, hit the go button and just shot away and just waved everyone goodbye. I think it is a touch shorter for its preferred. And it's never won over the 1,000, but I think with Huey on board, drawn one, you have to probably, you know, ride it positively. So I'd imagine it'll just sit behind Malkovich, maybe even outside it, and then just shoot for home at the point of the turn. So racing two, but I'll be more more so inclined for Callis. All right, Gab. Callis, thoughts? Yeah. I think a lot comes down to how this race pans out. I, I'm pretty keen on Malkovich. I feel like he's always just had the unfortunate um, runs where somebody's been peppering him, he gets weak and late and kind of just, just kind of building a little bit of a reputation for a bit of a bridesmaid. I think gate eight allows him to come across. I think Sky Command pushes forward, uses the lightweight. Might make a break between the sitters, the, like the Callus, the Wisdom of Waters, who are going to wait their chance around the bend to catch. Hopefully, they're all just winding up while Malkovich just takes off around the bend and he's already off and gone. Um, a few other horses, yeah, they're the ones I'm thinking that are the big chances to catch. But yeah, Malkovich just to pinch it, pinch it with the distance with a few others in the line pretty late um, for a big prep ahead. All right, Thomas, shit race. It's a weird race, weird <laughs> race. Um, I, I can see what Gavin Curry is saying about Malkovich, but you got to remember Sky Command, I think, is not going to give up that lead. And it's drawn inside Malkovich, and it's got 10.5 kilos, the lesser. Whether it can match the speed there, but I dare say Rachel King's going to give it a damn try as well. So whether that creates like too much of a speed battle up front and sets it up for Kalos, uh, or something like Wisdom of Water as well, it, it's going to be really interesting uh, for that, I'm probably going to lean towards more callous just because I, 
I think um, it might be a battle up front that just sets up for the good old and, and it could be a good day for the boys in blue. That's what I like to hear, Callis. All right, race five, um, Thoroughbreds Cup, uh, 1,600-metre Yukon. Uh, that's the fave for the Hawks. Um, had a run a couple, couple – when was it? 22nd. Came third. Um, we're bringing the answer one. 420. You've got through Irish eyes. J-Mac and the Eustace. And uh, Kieran Martin, that's at 550. We've got Fleetwood Macca. we got the Ritz. The Ritz is down um, for Michael Costa and Tommy's aboard. So that's um that's pretty interesting, actually. Arctic Thunder's there. Deal with me. Van Roy, Yardstick, they're all there. Not much happening money-wise. A little bit of coin through Irish eyes. A little bit of coin for Yardstick. Uh, Gab, anything? Tough race. Some horses starting preps here and some horses into their well into their prep. I like the um I like the last hundred meters of Deal with Me. Um racing sentimental, uh Rose Hill. Uh it just the way it hit the line didn't look like it was going, man. It looked like it was on the treadmill a little bit, but the way it just lifted, um, says there's a bit under the bonnet there by Dundeal. Um, out of a Kiwi mare, might get a soft track, could the, could get the uh, easy run. Coming from uh, gate six, Timmy Clark, and then you hopefully can lift lift a little bit at odds. Nice. That's what I'll be going for. Won't be won't be playing big, but um, you know, bit of class in this field. You just don't know who's wound up, who's ready to go. Um, yeah, that's as far as I'm gonna look into that. Coey, anything here? Anything thoughts on the Ritz? What's doing there? I don't mind the Ritz to be absolutely honest. I think. So Ritz and Yardstick have faced each other. I know that Reese Jones, you know, great jock, uh, will be carrying 51 on Yardstick, but abs- uh, the Ritz absolutely brained it up in the goal Um I think it won by close to seven lengths. In the, I know it was a class four, is my understanding, that ballpark anyway. Um, come, now steps up into a benchmark grade, and that, this is pretty much where it gets a bit trickier because, you know, how do you – way up a class four win to a benchmark 78 in Sydney. Um, Yardstick's been there, done that down in down in town anyway. So the fact that it's absolutely branded over the – I know it is a step up in distance, distance but it will probably midfield from barrier nine. It'll probably be, I don't know, three back, one out. That kind of ballpark is kind of how I envision it. Um, I do love the Tommy Berry booking and Michael Costa. I mean, he – Literally barely ever travels horses to Sydney, like barely ever. And his success rate's really, really, really good when it comes to Sydney racing. So I am willing to take the 650 as a gamble. I can totally understand why Yukon is favourite, but at the same time, 420, do I want to take that benchmark 78 race from last start where, you know, bring the ransom, won it by a length. It has every merit to be, you know, 420, but I just wouldn't be too confident about the price. So 650 for mine. The Ritz. Tom, you with any others? Uh, just be wary of the Ritz. I'm pretty sure it's still nom too. So I think he might be nommed in Queensland, but you gotta you got to be wary of Costa when he brings him down here. So if it do, does come down here, got to be wary. Um, I'm with the Mar Eustace runner. They've talked it up through this week, I think, a bit. Uh, first up through Irish Eyes, McDonald aboard. Um, I think that's a bet for me. Um, I don't... I don't mind what Gav said about deal uh, with me. Van Roy comes from Melbourne, a couple others, but I think I've got to go through Irish Eyes. Okay, through Irish Eyes. Um, race six, the English Millennium. Pretty cool race. Sajardin going round. Um, on the drift, though, open threes yesterday, already out to 380. Paris Dior, that's the J-Max Snowden combo, fives into fours. Gnarly money for Boldin, Boldino. Uh, Huey Bowman, Kiramar Eustace, at 11 bucks already in a six. El Padrino, I mentioned it earlier, that's 15 in the 950. That's the Mar Eustace horse that Jamie Carr's come up to ride. Zambezi River, uh, scratched last time. That's going around at 950. And then we got Extravagant Star and Rougher Horses uh, out wider. Coey, English Millennium, pretty good race. Hands down, the, uh, the best edition thus far in its early life, uh, this race, anyway. I, I genuinely think that I, I don't know too much about the Sajard and Drift, but I'd be all over it to be honest. I think it's just from all accounts, Gary's been spruiking this horse, saying that it's come back bigger, a more level-headed horse, and you know, like winning the Golden Gift and its other race, the two-year-old race anyway, the Breeders' Plate is it? I can't remember one of the two, Breeders or Jim Crack. Um, I just feel that it just class will prevail. I think, you know, just the fact that it's got to be set weights, everyone carrying 56 and a half, 
I think it'll probably have the run of the race from barrier nine. It'll probably sit a little bit off speed. I know it's two-year-old racing, so they'll go gun-ho from the top. I mean, I could probably spec a few of these, but not as confidently as I would with Sir Jordan. So I'll be all over the favourite, to be honest. Okay, Coe's was the favourite to spot the drifts. Um, Gab? Yeah, seeing, uh, seeing the um, starting prices, I was initially against Sir Jordan, but yeah, I agree with Coe. You're getting a bit more of a price about him and, there's nothing short of his last run. He exploded through. Looked like a really good, like a really good horse. Earlier, I was pretty keen on Baldino. Tried well, you know. The Ma used to scam always a big rap on Baldino. Um, probably remember the last race of Spruiking, Spruiking, and the um, I think Stablemate one. Um, but you know, last trial went went well. They're talking it up again. Um, can only expect it to be, you know, backed in, and you got to sometimes just trust, trust the leading stable like Kieran Ma. They're, they're, you know, they're big, big race trainers, and would set a horse up. Yeah, so Boldino and even Zajada if it gets to a price, like I, I still think the price right now is really good, like for a good horse. Um, so I'll be looking at those two. Tommy. Yeah, mate. Um, well, exactly what uh, Gab was saying. Boldino uh, backed again because they do, they have been liking it. Uh, and it was El Paradino that beat it in that nursery. But Baldino um, had no luck and Huey just sort of... It was actually El Padrino that knocked um, Baldino. The stable mates had a bit of a tussle there. And I definitely think those are the two uh, next class two uh, horses behind Sajardin. So look at those two. But I think Sajardin, uh, especially around that 380, is a great price. Um I don't think he has to be all the way back. I, I think he can sort of settle a bit closer as he did in the um in the break, uh, in the gym crack. Yeah, I, I really like I like Collard on it, and there's a bit of speed in this race. Could set it up pretty nicely, especially if it gets midfield, good gate. Um, yeah, so Jordan for me, and I just don't know about Zambezi River. We've had two weeks in a row at scratch. It scratched from another race today. Um, Again, it was it was a promising run behind Sajardin um, in that in that early two year old race, but yeah, I, I'd be shocked if it came out and um, did something. I, I'll go Sajardin as well. All right, boys, going Sajardin despite the rift, the, can, the drift. Can, yeah, can I also say though? I think something about Zambezi River. I mean, something mustn't be right, and if it feels like last season all over again, everyone remember that horse Forbes. It was just absolutely scraping in to get, get the fuck in and it did absolutely fuck all at Canterbury to try and earn enough prize money. I, I just have this weird feeling that it's turning out the same way for the Harren Bloodstock team. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if it kind of runs this weekend in my eyes. All right, yeah, so Zambezi River, it's around the 9.50, buck mark. Um, there's plenty of those two-year-olds, though. So even Emperor and Sweet Riot at odds, they look all right. Um, first leg of the quad is uh, a benchmark 78. Joviality is one I like, but fucking hell, $8 into four. I don't like that part. Um, that's three ninety now. Incredulous Dream, Tommy Berry and Kieran Ma. That's four sixty. We got Steel Diamond. We got Ben Gears. We got Saigon. We got Lady Banff score. And then we're at double figures um, happening there. Uh, Coey. What do you reckon? Joviality, I like it. I think it's the best horse, but fuck me, eight into fours. I genuinely think that this horse and Paul Ailey were kind of put up at the wrong price. Um, I think Paul Ailey opened at 4.20 and it got absolutely fucking smashed, like no one's business, and I think it's come to the right price. I think that's just the – I mean, I wouldn't say it's rock bottom. I think it could get shorter, but I think that's the right starting price for Paul Ailey and – I genuinely think that joviality kind of fits the same bill. I think just – I don't know what people saw in putting it at eight bucks, to be absolutely honest. I think just the fact that – I know it hasn't lived up to its quality or what they thought anyway. Like it's run in genuinely, you know, Phillies group ones and group twos for half its fucking racing career actually. So, you know what, like I think just first up, I know it's five stars, three placings. Um, it's going to be second up. It's going to be better for the run. I think 1,100 would have been probably too sharp for it. And the fact that it placed second, and now you got J-Mac on board, I think you're getting ticks all around from me. And I just genuinely think that there's so much room for improvement. And, you know, the fact that it's 390 still uh, kind of surprises me. And, you know, Rule of Law was disappointing last start, and that's who beat it last start. I think you could take that form line and take, roll the dice. It's just the step up in distance and everything else. 
I think just works well in his favour. And yeah, I think 390 is a nice price still. Gab, you in agreement with us? Yeah, and don't overthink it. J Mac Waller, good form rule. Law keeps winning. Joviality Match Motors. Gets, you know, maybe I might be interested in Saigon if it gets out a bit more. I have a little play at that. But yeah, Joviality, like, I'm try, trying to look around it just because I feel like I've missed the price. I feel like I'm, you know, I need to find something somewhere. But I just keep coming back and I'll probably take that 390. It's, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I'm with you. Trust the camp, trust the jockey. Yeah. Tom, are you going to tell us we're wrong? No. Um, so I think they said on Formline tonight that the last horse to win a race from this lot in this race was something like a couple of hundred days ago because, yeah, there's not a lot of winning. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a couple of hundred. Uh, there's no winning form in this race at all. And I think Joviality was the last one to give us a bit of a sight. Maybe still Diamond or Van Hughes, but... Um, Mate, you know, I was on Joviality at a big price and just thought Waller hasn't given up on this horse, so it must show some sort of ability. And he's it's running Group 1 races for him before as well, and I think I things just went off the boil last prep, and he's he's come back and he's persisted with this horse. So um, I would have much preferred it got up at, what, 23, his last start. <laughs> um but that's the price we cop now um, for a good run. So I think I, I have to stay with it just because I've, I've been following it. So, yeah, give me joviality, I guess. All right. All for us, joviality. Hopefully just wins. Um, all right, Eskimo Prince, Paul Lelly. Coe was just talking about it just before. That's 420 into 240. Like you said, it's been backed pretty hard. Converge just had some bit of coin for it. Timmy Clark and Gay Waterhouse in the inside barrier. It's 460 to fours. Ranch Hand, pretty good horse, 750 to 650. And then we go out to pretty big odds for Halal and Coast Watch and Cap Devant. Uh, Gab, are you agreeing with Coe about Paul Ellie? Yeah, but yes. Not 240. I feel like it, it's the, yeah, it's the, it's the price. And I feel like out of all these horses, the, the distance suits Paul Ellie is probably why it's been backed in. It's just, um, Probably the class sprinter up there where, you know, other, some of these other horses have uh, other targets. Um, Converge, I'm super keen to see Converge come back. That yeah. last trial, uh, it looked classy. It looked like it looked like it'd been nurtured, like the Waterhouse and Bot had been nurturing a star. And that way it trialed, I'm actually, you know, I would probably be putting my um, two cents behind Converge just because I've just been really excited by it. And, you know, $4.00. Oh, it's not much, but yeah, I'll go. I'll take um, Waterhouse and Bot to take this this one out, and hopefully, class runs away with it. Um, yeah, well, we could have watched it. Class what did it do last year? It, did, it won the JJ Atkins, then had a break, yeah. and then came back and ran. I guess pretty ordinary in the run to the Rose. Is that what happened? Yeah, there was something wrong with it in that race. I can't remember what it was, but right. they, it did pull up with something wrong. Okay, right away. Coe, you gonna get push for Paul Ellie? I love Paul Lally, and I think it is at its right price now and not much to really add what Gab said. I think it's just if you wanted the, the higher price, we've all missed it. I think 420, I would have snapped that up if I saw that, but uh, 240, it's kind of where it should be. Uh, one that I would happily make a case for is, I, I guess it's not so much making a case. I think I'm just more intrigued is the fact that um, – J-Mac is staying on ranch hand. Uh, he's ridden Paul Ailey before, but obviously Cummings opted for K-Mac. I'm not sure what's doing there. And CJ Waller has gone. There's a few Waller horses in this, and he's gone, hey, James, jump on ra- ranch hand. And I think it warrants to be, you know, that kind of $6, $6.50 mark right now. And first up record's really, really strong. So that's where I'm kind of looking at. Converged strong trial, but, yeah, I'm all over I'm all over Paul Ailey, to be absolutely honest. All right, Thomas? Yeah, tricky one. Paul Ailey, five from five at Randwick, converged. Just that trial was enormous. Gets barrier number one. It's really tough. I'm probably leading converged just on the price. I think you might be able to get a pretty easy lead, and Paul Ailey is going to be running it down. It's going to be really good to see. I think a few um, – take Paul Ailey out, but a, a lot of these horses are going to go on to – Guineas and uh, a lot of the same races, and we're going to see a battle um, like we did um, as early three-year-olds. Um, one that could knock him out is maybe Halal. 
I think um, on its day, Halal goes pretty well, but it might need to ride. And the other one at odds, maybe an each way play, might be sub Terrarian. It's the only one that's had to start this prep and um, come back a gelding, blew the cobwebs off in its first run, and it might be an each way play. But I'm going to go with Converge, but I don't think Pulele is going to be far away. Yeah, I can't pick. So let's just say top two. Um, yeah, fuck, I still can't pick. Um, race nine is another 1,200-metre race. Solid impact, I think this is a pretty good bet. Um, I, like Gab mentioned before, that when he, when you're trying to find something around it and you just keep coming back to it, that's what I did with Solid impact. But uh, Maltai, a bit of coin for it. Sammy Clipperton, 7 bucks into 480. We've got Rustic Steel at 850. Liberty Sun, uh, Glenn Schofield for at 12s, Lancaster Bomber, and we're getting uh, bigger odds. We, we, I love seeing J-Mac at 15s, to be honest. J-Mac and Waller. Um, Coey, can are you with Silent Impact? I just uh, don't know if I can take the price. I mean, uh, it's been it's been so strong that last win, uh, mm. and it's drawn it's drawn well. It's drawn two. Timmy Clark on board. Like all the signs point to him getting the upper hand. Um, there's a lot, obviously, being a 1,200-meter sprint, there's going to be a lot of upfront speed. And I've tried to shop around. I really have. But it you kind of keep going back to it. Uh, one that I don't mind, obviously, is Maltai. But saying that, I have little to no confidence. Uh, doesn't mind the distance. Casey Fogden got that winner up first time in Sydney last weekend or the weekend before. I can't remember what the horse was. It's eluding me. But regardless, it's got credentials. It's come out of you know, a strong listed grade. Good three-year-old company. Um, you look at last start, which was way back in September, uh, was about tick under four lengths behind Home Affairs, and look what it's done. So uh, it merits a little bit of support. But do I want two seventy four eighty? Obvious answer is four eighty. But I think Silent Back's just the in-form horse, and I think just the barrier suits with TC books. So it's hard to look away. I think three bucks is probably around the right price. Like what it opened up, it's only come in thirty cents or whatever. But yeah, uh, Gab thoughts. Um, oh gosh, I hate saying like a broken record and not finding <laughs> much value here. That's but right. it's it's apologies to anyone that's listening to this because it seemed to be picking a lot of short prices. Um, I, you can't silent impacts last run. There was a lot happened on that track. That travelled. That travelled well. Watch that horse move. It, it moves well. I'm. Oh, I'm searching and I'm looking and there's just nothing that convinces me that if Silent Impact gets everything that should happen from gate two, T. Clark, I can't really visualize something running over the top of it when it's wound up. So I'm going to probably take Silent Impact and probably put him in a couple of my multiples um, for the day. Because I think, yeah, I'll, I'll be back in that combination against a field like this. I like it. All right, we go. This is the best race of the day, isn't it, Gab? So this is where your horse is running. It's the last of the day, over the mile, through the cracks. Uh, Rachel King, Angela Davies, it's 340 in from 440, so a bit of money for it. we got Mighty Beal for Waller and Tommy. we got Lakeen. Uh, good money, Frosty Rocks, Jamie Carr, Bjorn Baker. Bjorn's flying at the moment, uh, doing really well. 13s into 7, so pretty much halved its quote. Purple Sector's a pretty good horse for Thompson and Huey Bowman. Then we go to Steely, Barrier 11, Joshua Parr. Gerald Ryan, Sterling Alexio, um, even no compromise. That's 11s, J-Mac and Waller. J-Mac's on some big odds, these ones. Um, I'm going to start with you, Gab. Let's uh, just uh, tell me your thoughts. Gate 11, wide, I think it suits. I think all the wider gates suit him now in this class. I think that if you probably saw in the Villiers getting pocketed up with other horses, had a, you know, came from gate four, um, was swallowed up around the bend and just, good just watch. lose all. Yeah, gosh, I don't want to relive it, but hopefully um, from this gate he can travel, find a spot like he did last race, and then peel out and kind of get in that rhythm. Because I think in this class he needs he needs room and he needs to uh, wind up around the bend. Hopefully find him. He'll probably gate eleven, probably jump in the first five. Hopefully find a spot midfield or a bit behind it. Um, find a bum to follow, peel out around the bend, and then um, hopefully we're gonna see the best of him. You know, get a soft track, um, sixteen hundred. Is his ideal? I think I know he's tra- he's heading up to um, he's got the Parramatta Cup. I don't know how far that's over. Maybe nineteen hundred, and then the Canberra Cup after it. So he's going. He, they're aiming him up, but camp seems like he's you know ready. This is optimum distance. Um, that being said, um, I pretty wary of a few horses here. Um, no compromise. Railed up. J Mac Waller. I can't believe the price it opened up. 
I thought it'd been, you know, it was a flashing light last run. And to be honest, if you were if you're backing it and they're currently on the tab, I think they're both around eleven dollars, you'd probably take no compromise, better gate. Um, J Mac on board and I'm surprised it didn't swallowed up and pushed into um, shorter odds with the J Mac factor. Um Lakeen, um, if lightweight, Tim Clark, if he gets the brakes, it's gonna be if there's no speed on he can snatch it. He's tried to snatch it before on Lakeen and I think um Steely's beaten him once when he's tried to snatch it. He can when he accelerates, he accelerates fast. And I know he'll be pushing forward. Um Frosty Rocks. Frosty Rocks will go forward as well. Baker's yeah. Oh, the the Baker stable, you can't underestimate them. It doesn't matter what they're doing; they're always going to be there. So they will go forward as well. They'll be in the top four. So I, oh, look, I, I would say Steely top four chance chance of winning. Um, depends on how the map plays, how where it fits into the where it fits into the field, and you know, with um, chances given to, I like I'd be taking no compromise at those odds, and I'd also be taking. Lakeen, so I know there's a lot of horses Sounds there. Like a trifecta no compromise. Um, through the cracks, oh, I go see him win at sixteen hundred for him to be at three dollars forty. He's got to win at sixteen hundred first. All right, Let um, win. <laughs> uh, I genuinely think we had this combo before we started recording, but I genuinely think that Steely at elevens is great price. I think. Um, I won't reiterate too much, but I think if Frosty Rocks comes out humming out of the um, the barriers, it's got a perfect backside to follow or sit outside of. Um, I guess there is a little bit of question marks with quite a few of these runners. I think it's a really level-pegged field, and just the fact that through the cracks is 340, I, I, I genuinely think that's unders. Um, I know it comes out of pretty much the same form races as Steely, but figuring better in on paper. Uh, but would I be taking three forty for through the cracks? Probably not. It's probably going to have to ride for luck, and genuinely, it might be stuck behind too many backsides to get lucky. Really, it's kind of how I see it. Um, quite a few from out wide, like Steely, like you know Frosty Rocks, like Purple Sector, that are going to be trying to vie for position anyway. And it, I think through the rack, cracks, would have to genuinely get so lucky to split the field. And I know it's got Rachel King on board, but I just think that that 340, I anticipate that drifting. Looking at 11s is really uh, – sorry, at 6s is probably what I'm looking at, really. Uh, rock bottom weight. I know we've spoken about TC, and TC could absolutely have a fill-up on Saturday. And I'd imagine decent price on the jockey challenge anyway. Um, last start win was strong. Uh, the, it's one on the track and distance before. It's going to be, what's this, sixth up in this campaign. So it's come to the, you know, it's probably one of its last runs for this campaign anyway. Handles, if it stays good or dry anyway by that stage of the day, it's got every right. It'll probably be a little bit more positive than usual from barrier four. It'll probably try and sit or settle about... Uh, two or three back, one out, I'm hoping. And if that were to be the case, that's perfect. I think it will have the last crack and bolt in. But, yeah, I think if I were to make a bet, it'll be Steely each way or Lakeen for the for the win. Tommy? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good race to finish the day. Um, I'm just looking. I think there's only one or two horses that haven't come out of uh, group or listed form going into this race. So, mate, um, I, I, I can't talk anyone out of back in Steely. I, I think... That's the form going into this race. You look at a, a few coming out of that race that he, you're getting a good price. Things like Steely. And the other one out of that race, which uh, it didn't do too much until it was sort of hitting the line late, was Lure Me In is the other one I, I could take a bit of a price for to improve second up. But um, no, Steely right in it. Mighty Bill is probably the other one, whether it's just one run too long into its prep. But wide, wide open race. I think um, I think it would be a really good finish to the quaddy. All right, yeah, it is a pretty sick race. Um, fingers crossed, Gabby. Eleven dollars. All right. Well, it's that time of the night that we uh, find a multi. All right, it's multi time. Uh, I think we're all going um, some pretty good odds at the moment. Uh, my first leg is Commando Hunt. That was the bit of a roughie that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And this afternoon, when I said it, it was fucking twenty six and seven dollars. It's now fourteen dollars and four dollars forty a place within the last. 
40 minutes. So that's pretty annoying. But that's going in for a place. I'm going Callus to win to beat Malkovich in race four. And I think Silent Impact just wins race number nine. You're getting $48.52. Close to, we'll round it up to 50 to one. If I chuck in Steely at the end, I'm getting 150 to one, but I'm not doing that. Not confident. Uh, Gab, your multi. Uh, a bit wary of your uncom- uh, incompetence in there. But I should have gone, gone in because he's definitely placing, and that's what's going to anchor this multi. Anyway, we're going to start it off. Plimstock started off. We're going to go nice and safe here. I think he's going to be top two, Plimstock. So Plimstock to place just to kick you off, get a bit of momentum. We're then going to push to uh, Malkovich. Now, Malkovich will either win or just get nosed out, as he always does. I can picture that happening probably by Callus, so both our multis get up. Um, and then we're a silent impact just to gallop its way to a nice cruisy victory. Um, Timmy Clark, best bit of the day, is going to cruise through. And then we're going to be all sitting on the end of the bed watching Steely. <laughs> He's going to rattle down the outside. He's going to get in the top three. It's going to be game over. will be Sheeran. The multi gets up and Steely, oh, he won't be winning. He'll be winning, but yeah, top three just to be safe. Top just three. to get the multi. Top three. Yeah, three dollars. What's $3.10. $3.10 to place in the tab. I'd, I'd take that $3.10. It's a, it's a nice little... What's the multi I bet on shorter, let's say that. What are we at, like 40s? We're sitting at 27s. Ah. 27s. So two so, places. Three places, actually. Four places. Yeah, three places and a win. Oh, yeah. Except so. uh, Kohai, your multi. Uh, three win bets. Let's go Joviality to win, Paul Laley to win, and then to anchor it, a horse that I've been following, Desert Icon down at Caulfield to win. Gives you about $30.88. Fuck, I forgot about Joviality. Um, Thomas? Yeah, um, I couldn't put Joviality in a multi, in a best bets multi, but um, I've gone to Jarden. I've gone Silent Impact. Um, We've all spoken about the uh, likes of those two. And then I think French Emperor as well, you're getting three bucks for it. So it's about a $30 multi. I've got a 1.08 multiplier with it, which uh, means it's in with a chance. And another tip for you guys, no matter how hungry you are, do not eat a servo sausage roll. <laughs> and, and smoke durries is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you smoke durries too, Tom? No. no I was I hoping you no. did. I was hoping for a bit of, a bit of vision of Tom sucking one back. Too good. That's an X-rated film, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're the best. Um, all right, well... Thank you, boys. Uh, Tom, get better. Gab, all the best. Fingers crossed. And, Coey, enjoy the pub. Most certainly. Go, Steely. Thanks. Go, the boys. Oh, boys. The last 6 o'clock p.m. It will be the way to start a Saturday night. I reckon 6 o'clock by 6.30, we're back at the servo, getting the durries, getting the sausage rolls. We'll be back on that horse. (laughs) Sounds good to me. It'll it'll, it'll be worth the price of COVID. Yeah. yeah. I think we're all going to have to be on it now. All right. Fingers crossed. All right, boys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you, boys. See you.